Good morning once again. Today's scripture is from John chapter 17, verses 14 through 18. I have given them thy word, and the world hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them from the world, but thou shouldest keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in truth, thy word is truth. And thou didst not Thou didst send me into the world, even so sent I them into the world. Good morning, church. It's good to see everybody today. Um, And those of you that are joining us um, from from home, uh, welcome as well. We are beginning a a four-week series today um, that is entitled um, Them Over Me. And the idea behind it is uh, simply that we need to make sure that we prioritize and um, look at the the world around us, the, the lost around us. To ensure that we are not neglecting our call. And my grandmother um, used to say, and and when I was young, you know, it it didn't make the sense to me that it does now, but she used to say that when we're out uh, in, in the world, that we are just inches or feet away from those that may be destined to spend eternity um, in, in hell without, without God, without, without love. And it, it should ring true to us. Um, Steph um, was talking uh, to me this week um, with regard to the, the idea of when we look at the world, the, the, the more we grow, when we, when we see the sin that is around us, when we see the, cor- the corruption, the evil, it, it, is a, it is a sickening thing um, to, to behold. Um, you know, the, the, the more that we grow in Christ, the more sin should affect us in, in such a way that we, we recognize it more and more for the destructive um, evil, death, that it is, and, and what it does to people's lives um, out, out in the world. And so, with, with that in mind, you know, we're, we're going to look at, at a couple of things today. Um, because, you know, we, we have um, oftentimes a, a, a position with regard to the connection with the sinner. Um, the, the, the connection with the lost in that we want to distance ourselves from it and distance ourselves from the sinners. And what we need to consider is, is that our calling? Is that our calling? We've been called out. We've been called out of the world. 
And in the in the in the point to today's lesson is have we taken the I'm out of the world, not not of the world, but have I taken the I'm in the world too far so that I no longer have connections, the type of connections with people, um, the, the, the type of contact with people that I'm able to share Christ with them. It is, it is a challenging thing to consider. Uh, this, isn't in a, this isn't on the slides, but it's, it's something that we're very familiar with. A passage out of Matthew, Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 5, 13, reads this way. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has become tasteless, how will it be made salty again? It is good for nothing anymore except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do men light a lamp and put it under the, uh, the, the, the peck measure, or under the bushel, um, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all those who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. We are the light of the world and the question for consideration is have we hidden that light do we do we hide ourselves behind the walls of our church buildings and and not take that light to the world around us to our neighbors to our friends to the folks at the grocery stores, you know, the folks at work, the folks at school, you make your own application. You know, do we touch them in such a way? We, we dealt with it a little bit in class today. How, how do we have that level of witness to where people recognize and understand that we are Christ's disciples, that we are Christ's ambassadors? That God, through us letting our light shine, that God will be glorified. I'm going to look at a couple of sections from Paul. And then I want us to look at, at Christ in the Gospels. Um, and and there's, there's so much, you know, and hopefully your minds will be running and you'll be thinking about this passage and this passage. And, and you'll be thinking about... You know, this situation in Scripture where, where we see it play out. But Paul says in Ephesians 1, beginning in verse 15, For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, 
and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And so we have been called. We have been set apart. We've been, we've been sanctified. We have been uh, justified. Right? We, we have been made his, his people, his bride. And, and we are to re remain blameless and spotless. It, it is, you know, we talked about the idea, you're taking my greatest fan away. Holland Renoff. Um, but we, we are his. And we talked about it this morning. It is not easy. It is, it is a challenging thing. Um, to, to be a Christian and walk um, the walk that is placed before us. But nonetheless, we are called to do that. And he says that not only have I, have I called you to participate in this, but I haven't called you to, to hide. I haven't called you to be an isolationist. You know, I haven't called you to go live on, a, on an island. You have been called out of the world to be changed and to walk a life that is worthy of the calling. But that life that you will walk will be amongst those of the world, those that are lost in sin, those that are despicable and despised, and their acts will make you sick. And, and that church is, is hard. I mean, that is where the rubber meets the road, is to, to take it to the lives of the folks that are lost, that don't, that don't know him, that, that behave in ways that, that disgust you. But they're the ones that also need it. Because one of the things that I believe happens, can happen, can happen, is that as the church, as Christians, we can forget from whence we came. We, we, we can forget and lose sight of the fact that that was us, that, that we were lost, that we were despicable, that we were disgusting. That, that, that my life, before it was saved through Christ, made people sick, right? Made the righteous sick. That, that was every one of us, here and at home. That, that was us. You know, Paul tells us that while we were yet sinners and enemies, that Christ died for us. We, we can't forget that that's who we were. That that stench of sin 
and lostness was on us as well. And, and as Christ saved us and lifted us and sanctified us and purified us and, and, and strengthens us. I mean, think about the passage where he talks about the inner man, the strengthening. And it's over here in, 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 uh, in chapter 3, which is where we're going to go here in a moment. And I'm probably going to expand on it. I don't, I don't have it on the slides, but, but it, it just makes so much sense to us. It should make so much sense to us that, that the reason he gives us his spirit and the reason that he resides within us and the reason that he gives us his Holy Spirit and that he, that he wants us to develop right that gift of the spirit with all of those characteristics, the reason that he gives us over in chapter, chapter 6, we can, we can just jump over a little further, gives us right, that armor is because we need that, that stuff is required in order to do what he called us to do, and that was to go back out into the world as his ambassadors, right, as his aroma, as, as his disciples, to continue that reconciliation process that he began in us so that God can continue to bring folks into his church, right? Peter tells us that God is not, you know, is, is not, you know, just, just waiting and forgotten. He, he, he is patient because he wants everyone, he wants everyone to be reconciled to him. So we've not been called without purpose. Uh, and it's, it is a purpose that is specific for the church. And it is, and it is beyond just meeting. Meeting is important, right? Meeting as a large group, meeting as small groups. There are things that are accomplished when we meet that are necessary. But we are getting ready and ready and ready. Eventually, right, we have to, we have to make sure that, that, we're, that we're getting ready for our purpose. And that is to take that message to others. Ephesians 3. For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation as I have uh, written briefly. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of, of men and other generations as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. The mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. To me, though, I am the very least of all the saints. This grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone. To bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. 
This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. That wisdom of God, that, that gospel message, is to be made known to everyone, and it falls on the church to do that. It falls on you, and it falls on me. It is, it is on us. There, there, there is no backup group. There is nobody that you can tag to come in. It is on the church. We have been called with purpose. And the purpose is to continue that reconciliation process, to continue that homecoming option for the sinful, for the lost, for the sinners. And he expects us to do that. Pass on what we have been given. It, it, it should land heavily upon every heart that hears this, that we have got to, we have got to, and we should want to. That's, the, that's the, the other side of it. We should want to. We should want to be able to, to, to have people, right, experience that. I mean, how, how great is it when somebody gives their life to Christ and, and, and we see them, right, go into the waters of baptism and come out new? Because we, we understand what that is. That represents that, that rebirth, that represents that obedience, that represents that forgiveness of sins, right? That, that, that beginning walk that they have. And God wants to continue to see that. And we should want to continue to see that. It's, it's on us. A few, a few examples in Scripture, right? Um, and again, each, each one has to make their own application. Um, in, in their lives about who you see, where you go, how, how you do it. You know, there, there's no uh, template. It's, it's the walk of the Christian in the world, right? It's the walk of the Christian. And as the opportunities are placed before us, I mean, he, Paul tells us, right? He's already told us, you know, I want you to have the eyes, right? H have this idea of the, these eyes that see what you need to see. Uh, and that is the lost around us. In Luke 7, <clears throat> this, is, this is when Jesus is in the house of, of the Pharisee and the sinful woman approaches him. Because I think some of the danger or some of the fear is that we are worried about perception that that we're worried about what others might say about our uh, interactions our our associates right and let's just see how Jesus deals with that let's see what he thinks about being around sinful people it says one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him and he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner, and many believe she was a prostitute, you know, I, I don't know. But, you know, they, they oftentimes would make that, that type of, uh, of um, 
a, a label, you use that kind of language to describe that. But a woman of the city who was a sinner, uh, when she learned that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster flask of, of ointment. And standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. <clears throat> now when the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, well, say it, teacher. And this isn't the only time that he, he, he perceives their hearts and what they're thinking. Um, that, that, that should be an attention getter to him. But he says, he says this to Simon. A certain money lender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon answered, well, the one, I suppose, for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, you have judged rightly. Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. But she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss. But from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. And so, Jesus is in contact with a sinner. The, 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 the type that's well known in, in the city. The, the type of contact that, that these guys believe is a, is a, is a, is a reputation ruiner. The, the, the type that you don't have an association with, with these people. They're over here. Righteous people are, are over here. And we don't have any, anything to do with, with one another. And, and, and they have cast a judgment upon Christ. The fact that he, that he is allowing her to touch him. That, that, he is, that he's not appalled by her, her, her mere presence. Much less having contact with him. Right? They, they, they think that he is lesser than who he is because of his association, however brief it might be, with this woman. He says, you did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who for, is forgiven little, loves little. Now, I don't believe it was because she loved that she was then forgiven. I believe the language here and, and the message is because she knew what kind of sinner she was. She knew what her life had become. She, she knew what she was doing was wrong, you know. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think prostitutes love what they do. Whatever 
brings them to that, that point and position in life. There, there can't be anything fulfilling about being used in, in that manner. It's, it's degrading and demeaning and, and, and would make someone feel a level of self-loathing. That's what sin does. And sin separates. But this woman, because she has been forgiven much, she loves much. Because that, that, that great weight that she had, right? The person that doesn't think they're really much of a sinner, I believe he goes on to say, that person's going to love little. Because they're not going to have the same understanding and appreciation for their debt. Their debt's not, it's not like hers. Mine was only 50. Hers was 500. I've got a little gratitude, but, but it's because I wasn't as, as, as in debt as she was, right? And, and that's the, again, that's the thing that we cannot forget, that we are all sinners and lost and, and despicable enemies to Christ, Paul tells us. Right? Enemies. Enemies. And we need to understand that that forgiveness was great, which should prompt a response from us that is, that is great. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. And those who were at the table began to say among themselves, who is this? Who even forgives sins? Same, same thing that went on in Mark 2 with the guy that was lowered down through the, the roof by his buddies, right? That, that uh, couldn't walk. Um, that's when Jesus said, what, you know, what, which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to, to heal, to say get up and walk? And that's when he said, you know, just so you know that I am who I am and I have the, the, the ability to forgive sins, had the guy get up and walk and carry his pallet out. And, and having that level of, of forgiveness, right, should prompt a, a likewise worthy response. And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go, go in peace. Jesus passed on from there, Matthew 9. <clears throat> he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And he arose and followed him. And as Jesus reclined at the table in the house, behold, many tax collectors. This is what happens if you hang out with sinners. Right? They might attract more sinners. So he, was, he, went, to, he went to Simon's or a Matthew's house. Right? A tax collector. Right? N nasty people. Right? Worked for the Romans. Um, carried... carried uh, um, a, a level of power with them, and they would extort and cheat people over and above um, what they were required to collect for Caesar, and and people despised them, uh, and so <clears throat> you know we we, ha we have the same example, right? Of the man who went down to the temple, and there was a tax collector, a sinner, who was down, right, beating his breast, wouldn't even look up, you know, saying, "Be merciful to me, a, a sinner." And, and the righteous guy, the Pharisee, said, Thank you, God, that I'm not like this guy. Right? He, he, he felt himself above the need for mercy. Because his sin was manageable. His sin was, was, was mild. His sin was, was nothing compared 
to this tax collector. And that's, that's how they viewed him. And so Jesus is once again in a situation where he's hanging around with uh, sinners. And not just hanging around, he's having dinner with them, right? <coughs> you typically just have dinner, right? Break bread with, with, with family, friends, right? It's, it's an intimate thing to, to, to break bread with someone. But that's where we find him. Reclined at the table, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, once again, do not forget, you know, don't forget that the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the, the chief priests, that they were supposed to be the spiritual leadership. But they had failed them and they had abandoned them and, and, and they had made a mockery of, 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 of the temple and of God's law. And so instead of worrying about these sinners, worrying about the lost, they had, had separated them and isolated them and, and labeled them and, and ignored them. And we cannot fall into that trap. Um, uh, you know, I, I didn't read down this far, but Jesus made this statement in, in Matthew 5, um, a little further down from, from the reading about being the light. He said, I say to you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. And so we have got to be better than, than that, the isolationists, the, the labels. We, we've got to be better than that. We're expected to be better than that, and we should want to be better than that, right? The difference between having to do something and wanting to do something, it, I mean, that, that, that makes all the difference in the world. It changes, the, it changes your perspective. It, it changes your, your outlook. It changes your, your energy, right? We should want. So the Pharisees saw them. They said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? When he heard it, he said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. It's those that are sick that, that need help and healing. Those who are well need no physician, but the ones that are ill do. And in the world, our friends, our relatives, you know, associates, neighbors that don't know Christ, that's, that's who he's talking about. That's who he's talking about. Luke 15. We get, the, we get the picture, right? We get the picture. One more, just in, case, just in case we don't. The tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear him. So look, look what he has started. Now he's got sinners hanging around him all the time. Uh, um, you know, 
But what are people going to think? That, that they're going to see sinners, these, these despicable, disgusting people that, that, that make you sick, you, you, they're around him. They should be around us. When, when word starts to get out that some folks have changed and, and been saved and their lives are turned around and, and they're now walking in Christ, it's going to permeate. It's going to permeate, folks. The, 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 this isn't in here, but the, the Samaritan woman in in Matthew, or I'm sorry, in uh, <sighs> John, right? John 4. The Samaritan woman that Jesus met and encountered at the well, right? She went there, she went there at, 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 the, at, the, at, at, at the hottest time of day because people weren't going to that well at that time of day because it was hot. She was there alone to get water because she had been married uh, and, and divorced numerous, numerous times, and she was currently living with someone, and, and Jesus began a conversation with her. Do you remember that? And, and they began to talk about things, and they began to talk about worship, and they began to talk about God, and, and, and uh, you know, she, she had been ostracized, and her people had been ostracized because she was a Samaritan. Uh, and, you know, and, and she was confused about how to have a relationship with God because you know, her people say, you know, because if you look back in the history of, of, of Israel, right, when the kingdoms were divided and the folks were up in Samaria, they built temples up there and they, they put up idols and, and they began to worship up there since they didn't have access to the temple down in Jerusalem. And she said, my people say worship here, your, your people say worship down there. And, and Jesus tells her it's, it's more than about a place, right? It's about, it's about a heart, right? God wants true worshipers who worship in spirit and in truth, right? He, he, he wants a relationship, and, and she begins to talk to him, and, and she begins to understand that he's somebody different. And it, this takes a little while to happen, to get to know Jesus like that. And, and, and she eventually believes in him. And, and, and you know what she does? She, she goes running back home, right, with this news, Right, that she's met the she's met the Savior, she's met the Christ. It's changed her life, but it put a spring in her step, and she she went running home to all these other sinners down there and took this information with her. And the people knew who she was, but because of something that had changed in her, they began to believe about it. And so Jesus went and visited, and and then they 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 got to know him. As well, and they began to believe not because of just her word, but now because they've they've met Christ, and that's how that's how it works. That's how it works. We have to get the message, that message, right? That that, that message of love and reconciliation that 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 people will want, so that it changes them, and they they begin to permeate all of all of their other sinner friends, associates. As, as well. Luke 15. <clears throat> the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. And So he told them this parable. 
What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. And so the message that Jesus is sharing to, to these folks, to these, these sinners, right? These, these despised, separated people is that heaven wants you. Heaven wants you. God wants you. Repentance of one sinner prompts rejoicing in, in heaven. And so that should be a motivating factor for us to want to make sure, to want to see the folks that, that, that we know don't have that relationship, to have that relationship, right? To learn that when that sin is forgiven, that they want to love, that, right? That, that, that they want to change, that, that they want to run back to their city, to their family, to wherever it might be, and share the change. We, we have a tendency to, to lose that, to lose that spark. Right? And we've got to make sure that we, that we find it, that we find ways to share. Because if all we do is meet behind walls, but we don't share when opportunity is there, and something that we should do on a regular basis is pray for opportunities. Right? We should make sure we're doing that, for God to bring opportunities to us, and that God would equip us, pray for you know, the equipping, that's, that's part of what we try to do here. The equipping of the saints, right? The readiness, right, for those opportunities so that we can, we can take advantage of and, and, and be effective when he, when he places someone in our path. That we are prepared, that we know our Christ, that we know um, his, his word, that we know the story, that we... That we witness, right? Witnessing is is really simple if we if we just do it, if if we share it, if we live it, and if we if we love those around us. So with, with that, the lesson is yours. Um, <clears throat> we just need to make sure. We need to make sure that we prioritize those around us, right, to, to make sure that we understand and recognize their lost state, that we know that God called each and every one of us out 
right? To sanctify us and purify us, make us righteous, but with a purpose. And that purpose is to take that message back to the world around us. And in doing so, right, we are sharing that, that full-blown, that, that expanded, in-depth wisdom of God through, through us, through his, his church. If you're with us today um, and <clears throat> have never made that, that commitment, that, that decision, if you've never repented and said, I believe that you are the Christ. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. It, it's a simple message and a simple story. It's, it's what we refer to as the core. It is the core. Jesus is the Son of God. He was born a man. He lived a sinless life. He was crucified. And he was raised. And that sacrifice is enough for my sins and the sins of the entire world. It just has to be taken advantage of. And so if, and if there are other needs, you know, make it, make it somewhere, um, catch one of us at another time, but let us know. We, we are in this together. We are in this walk together. That's why he, he put us together. We, we are a church. We are a community, right? We are the synagogue. Um, and, and we are to utilize one another, one another in, that, in that walk. So if you have um, any needs, go ahead and stand, Robin. He's always waits Pati <clears throat> patiently. But if you have any need, please come while Robin leads us.